Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Gather around your iPods, people. It's that all important time once again. Oh, yeah, it's Decibel Geek Podcast time, and we promised a big one, and today we deliver. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by Chris Sinzak. And Chris, I know we've been talking about doing this one for a while. Woof. Yeah, totally. Oh, man, this is going to be... You guys are in for a treat today. Yeah, we uh, we recorded this uh, just a few weeks ago, and uh, at the beginning of December. Yeah. And <clears throat> Michael Wagoner, as you see in the, the notes, is the guest talking about Warren's Doggy Dog. And 
reason we waited is most of you wanted to get back to work, get the holidays over with, and give you something to uh, really sink your teeth into. Right, because the original idea was to have this be our breakout 2016 first episode of the year. But, you know, we're always late and we're messed up on our timing and, you know, it just didn't work out that way. But today, since we got the best of 2015 out of the way last week, is the official Decibel Geek beginning of a brand new year. That's right. And so today, if you didn't know, if you're not a VIP, well, there's no way to know unless you're a VIP. (laughs) We're hanging out with Michael Wagner. We're doing an Albums Unleashed on the amazing album, Dog Eat Dog. It's been on our to-do list for a long time. Yeah, it has. You know, I've been looking forward to this because, one, I love Warren. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of that old school Warren stuff, even the stuff they got going on today. And we'll talk a little bit of that as we go through this, too, as well. But uh, we're going to cover all kinds of great Warren stuff here today. And, you know, here's the thing. Michael Wagner is a legend. Mm-hmm. You know, just look at the discography and the albums he's had his hands in on, you know, and the the masterpieces he's helped create, yeah. you know, and I, I always just get the feeling that Michael Wagner is just more than a producer. Like he becomes a part of the album. You know, everything he does has got his signature sound to it and it's all awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is an album that I remember when it came out, this was one I waited for the day for the album to be released, to be there at the gates at the old Camelot Music. Right. You know, it was like Wisconsin's version of, of uh, Tower Records. I remember Camelot. Yeah. So, you know, and then they throw open the gate, and you run in and grab, grab that one, man. I was so excited for it, you know, and to be able to sit down with Michael Wagner and go into depth on this album. Yeah. Oh, man. Blew yeah. my mind. One of the highlights of, you know, us doing this. Oh, totally. I mean. And Michael, you know, we I, at this point, we consider him a friend. We've gotten oh, to do this so with him cool. so many times. Such and a gentleman, so friendly, so knowledgeable. Super nice. You know? and, um, yeah. and like when we got over there, like we knew it would be a good talk, but uh, this is one I've told people, the few people I have told, that I wish this had been a video episode. Yes. Because basically, as you'll hear, and a lot of what you're going to hear, I'm not going to do a ton of editing on this. You're going to hear it as it unfolds because Aaron had the fourth foresight to bring the CD because Michael told me in advance – don't expect me to remember a whole lot because this was a long time ago. Right, and he hadn't even listened to the album in, in a long time. So there's moments in this where I'm sure you as listeners will even be able to hear the sparkle in his eye yeah. when he recollects on some of these things and when the music brings it out of him after not hearing it for so many years. Yes, yeah, so It was awesome. You're going to get to sit and listen to us sitting with him listening to it. So it's yeah. it's kind of like you're in, it, in on it with us. Totally, just like you guys always are. Absolutely. Um, we have a, a lot to get to with Michael, so uh, we're going to skip the iTunes review this week and go to Geeks of the Week. All right. And if you're new to the show, because I'm thinking this will probably bring in some new listeners, um, Geeks of, Geek of the Week is basically all it is. is if, if you share the previous week's episode on Facebook or retweet it on Twitter, I'll just mention your name on the show the next week. It's just a way of acknowledging you for helping us out. Yeah, and a good way to say thank you and name you an honorary Geek of the Week because you are our people. That's right. So these are the people that shared last week's um, Best of 2015 episode. Geeks of the Week this week are Dave Shirt, Otto Gregerson, John Karabi, Italia, Aaron Baker, Joey Vancieri, Rich Dillon, Bill Wang, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Brad Kalmanson, Paul Watkins, Paul Watson, Baco, Cobras and Fire Podcast, Kevin Williams, Brian Knapp, Ian Wiley, the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, Billy Hardaway, Rob Harris, Darren Parkin, Wayne Cross, Trevor McDougal, Derek Laba, Rock and Ron Runyon, JTB's Groovy Record Room, Mark Taylor, Warren Money, James Brendan Dunn, John 
Phillips, Shane Bear, Michael Bartley, Sean Cullen, Chad Pollock, Scott Harding, David Glenn, Derek Novak, Nick Rose, Adam Cox, the Terrence and Mark Experience, Mikel Burrell, Daniel Lee, Ernesto Aguiar, Billy Hardcore, Ken Chase, Jason Wood, Music Mags and Wax, Hoops, Jay Shablewski, Colin Francis, TJ Cullen, Viper, and Tom Smoke. The mysterious Tom Smoke. That's right. I like that. Hey, man, those are our Geeks of the Week because they're awesome. They're out there. They're sharing it. They're retweeting it. They're getting the word out to the people that there's something going on here at the Decibel Geek Podcast, whether it be articles written by our amazing rock journalists at decibelgeek.com or this, the Decibel Geek Podcast itself. You're helping us get the word out. We love you and we appreciate you for it. Please continue, and you will continue and could be a Geek of the Week. Yeah, I want to read a bunch of names next week. Yeah, I love to see Chris, just he it, the, the shades of color he turns when he does this. This is That's what needs to be a video show. I always wanted, to be, amazing. A, I always wanted to be a professional speed reader, and I'm, I'm really getting close. You're getting plenty of... Pro- <laughs> over the years, man, you're getting better and better. I remember the beginning, you'd be like... Dave Shirt, Otto Gregor. Well, come on now. You're getting good. I'm saying the improvement is amazing. Okay, good. I hope I didn't start out that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Very cool, man. I can't wait to get to this. I mean, should we just get to it? Yeah, let's get to it. We'll come back and uh, we'll talk about a few things in the middle. But, yeah, here we go. Yeah, Dog Eat Dog, Warrant with Michael Wegg. Well, we got the CD. If you want to listen to it while we go, and you can refresh some memories and stuff, but we got the, we'll just run you through it. I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's go through it, see what you guys can come up with. We've got some some diehard fans that are listeners that have submitted some questions that'll probably help jog some of your memories, yeah. right. some of this stuff. Sure. And um, also, well, in general, well, what are your early memories of of meeting the guys? How did you get in touch with? How did they get in touch with you to start with? Um, Doc Taylor. Doc Taylor was my manager at the mm-hmm. time. You know Doug? Yeah. yeah. He was together with Doc McGee before, right. and then they split up, and he kept Motley Crue, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and Megadeth, and and uh, and he hooked me up with with Warrant, and uh, um, that's how it came together. Yeah. And then we had our initial meeting, and and you know, stuck our heads together, and we got along really well. Yeah. And so let's do it. I always heard a story that you had gotten the demos and checked them out and heard them and liked them and then flew out to see them somewhere in the middle, Midwest Live. No, and, that was no? Skid Row. Oh, that was Skid Row. Or, okay. or uh, Saigon Kick. Yeah? No, I, I never got demos for Skid Row or Saigon Kick. It's just Atlantic calling me, going, hey, coming out and, mm-hmm. you know, look at that band. Yeah. And they would do that. They'd put you up in, like, a, a golf course hotel or something like that. You right. Know? Wow. And then I, I watched the show and with Skid Row, and he goes, you think you can do something with them? I go, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he goes, all right, then we signed him. You know, and nice. same with Saigon Kick. Right? Yeah. So then when, because I know when we talked before, you kind of talked about your... in L.A. Right. And you talked about your time with Poison and how on the surface, Warrant and Poison were pretty similar kind mm -hmm. of bands, you know, raised by MTV, you know, all over the Mm -hmm. place. And did you did you see Warrant as that kind of band? I mean, because it didn't seem like it was your kind of thing. Well, Warrant was a. I, I think I met him before at the Enterprise Studios. Yeah. When they were working with uh, Bo Bo Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Bo and Hill. all the yeah. Rad albums. Yeah. And and I met him there, and and uh, we just talked briefly. But you know, then then Doc came up and go, hey, 
you want to work with Warren? I go, sure. And they were a successful band. Right. It was right after Cherry Pop. Yeah. Yeah, they were So they were a successful band. I go, so why not? You know? Mm-hmm. So that's how it came together. But no, I never flew out. There's so many rumors, man. Uh-huh. So many rumors. Yeah, there's a lot of, especially yeah. about this era of the group. Yeah. You know, and, well, I want to, well, let's talk about the elephant in the room f- right off with this album. The whole no, thing they that, didn't. They played everything themselves. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, right. That's the first, every single note was played by the guys in Warren. Now, yeah, because I guess on the previous albums, there was talk of, of uh, another guitar player. Was it Mike Slammer or Slammer that was... Uh, An English guy, ...brought yeah. in to do a lot of the solos for the albums. And uh, Tommy Gervin, I think, was another one, and CeCe DeVille played CeCe on played it. CeCe played on Cherry Pie. They talked about, like... The guys and the guitarists and Warren didn't play a note on that album. Yeah. Is that the reason why it I had to be pointed so. out? I don't think so. I think that that's a big, big lie. Yeah. They were all great musicians, and, right. and you know they were strong enough to do the whole album. And on this album, they played every single note. There was not another guy. Maybe we brought in a couple of people to sing background vocals. Yeah, but that's yeah. You know, yeah. But all the guitars, all the bass, all the drums, it's all them. Yeah, 100%. And it's freaking awesome. Well, and, I, and, and to me, yeah. that would be, why wouldn't it be on the previous record? Yeah, I don't right. understand that either. Yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. I don't know if that was a producer's call or, or what for bringing in If it's players. true. Yeah. I heard the rumors that somebody else played solos, but I highly, highly doubt that they didn't play a single note. Yeah. There's no way. They're too good not to. Yeah. Well, yeah. because the evidence on this record, show, I mean, because yeah. I think right. this is their best performance. And on, it's on not like, yeah, it, it wasn't like pulling teeth. It was right. just like, hey, you game, we rehearsed the songs before. We went to re- rehearsal in North Hollywood. Yeah. Rehearsed the songs, did the drums at Alpha Studios in North Hollywood, mm-hmm. and then moved to Florida to finish the record. Right. And then we did that, oh man, what was it called? What was the studio called? Scream? No, Scream was where we mixed it. That was in Studio City. Yeah, but that was... Some facts while he's looking this up. It was the third studio album they put out. on Morris Sound. Morris Sound, okay. Yeah, cool studio, cool people. (coughs) Yeah. And they were known as the metal, I mean the metal studio for the heavy stuff. Right. Right. And we went there and we checked it out and go, yeah, man, it's really cool. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm... well, when the, when pre-production's going on with this, and like you're hearing the songs and everything, did they mention wanting to heavy up their sound? I mean, was that like a goal? Yeah, that that was a common goal. Yeah, you yeah. know, that was the common thing because they were like the number one hair band oh, together sure. with Poison and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but the music is actually they all like heavy music, right? You know, so it was yeah. Let's let's make this album heavy. And then, you know, that's what I do. Right. <laughs> so we got together and we we just let it flow. Right. It was not like, oh, no, it's got to be more commercial or this or mm-hmm. we need to sing. No. And we just did what the band wanted, did what I wanted, mm-hmm. you know, and we can uh, 100% agreed on what should be done. Yeah. yeah. So it was a collaboration and it came together and, you know, and and... To me, the problem with the album, number one, it was the last day before Rock moved to Canada uh, when that came out, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, uh, what's her name's uh, um, 
Kurt Cobain came out with right. that kind of stuff, and well, that was, was out. Yeah, that was yeah, always was, the story was... about how Janie Lane went back to Columbia Records, mm -hmm. right. and where their poster used to hang in the lobby, all of a sudden it was gone, Alice and Chains. Alice in Chains was that up. That was the problem. The image? The, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. The, the, they should have done whatever they did before and just stayed with it, but now all of a sudden this they're wearing leather and leather and shorts. Different. And, this yeah. looked like they were trying too hard, you think? Yes. Yeah. 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 But I don't think that was them. I think that was uh, Record company. more the label. Yeah. 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 I know about this time, I think it was. it had to have been after <laughs> the album was done, yeah, the picture, the yeah. picture in the back, that's cool. That picture there, there's another one where Janie and I would sit at the console, mm -hmm. and that was when Judas Priest had the lawsuit because a kid that killed him. Oh, right, right. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then we, you know, on the console there's always those uh, uh, routing things up there, uh -huh. and on an SSL there's a lot of it. Yeah. So we spelled do it. <laughs> and then Janie and I, we said, I have Jeez. that picture somewhere. And Janie and I, we said at the console. And <laughs> so up here it said, do it. Oh, I mean, that's man. pretty cool that they include yeah. your picture. I mean, yeah, if we, you look at that, it's the whole band. Part the and you're yeah. part, it's like you're part of the band. But that's you know? what happens. You know, yeah. when you produce a record, you become part of the band. But I how mean, often do you see the, the producer included that much? You right. know, I mean, have you ever been included that much oh, on yeah. the art before yeah, yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, mostly, you know, at the big times, I call the late 80s the big right. times, mm -hmm. the uh, uh, labels had a lot of control on what goes on the album cover, and as you can see. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, so when I was done with the job, I was done with the job. Mm -hmm. You know, I never saw the band again until like two <clears throat> years later, until we did another album or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so do you remember but, getting this for the first time and opening it up and seeing your picture in there like yeah, that for the first that time? Was cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, I bet. And I think I still have a Do I have a vinyl of it? I'm not sure. Yeah, that was the the end of the times for vinyl, but yeah, they were It was the end of times for yeah. for guitar rock. Yeah, it really was. Know? After that it didn't count anymore if your amp was humming, if your guitar was out of tune, if no. you sang in time. Yeah. No, and then it was know? considered better if it wasn't. Yeah. 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 And then and then, you know, not doing this on stage, yeah. wearing flannel and, and looking like the guys in the first row, yeah. so there's no more idols. Right. That's really, well yeah. yeah. You know, and that kind of like brought the whole ship sank. Yeah, it was kind of like, what do we really want the everyman being the rock star? You know, you're, yeah. your rock star's supposed to be a different you level. Have to a different level, to yeah. He's wearing the same clothes as yeah. you, you know? He looks like, you know, the the guy serving your food at McDonald's, and what what's the point? Totally. You know? yeah. Yeah. And he probably was. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> or he is now. Yeah, after his one hit in 1992. Right. Yeah. Um, well, what, what, when you met these guys, like you said, they were at the height of their success. Mm -hmm. What were their attitudes and, and relationships like at the time? Were they a, a, a band getting along real well at that time? Yes, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd never had encountered any problems with them in the in that direction right you know where, where like the doc and lynch thing <laughs> yeah that wasn't happening in that band they were all a band yeah. yeah and and if there was anything there was like misunderstandings or disagreements it was under the surface i never 
I yeah. never got any of that. They came. They were ready a, to work. a bunch of bunch of musicians, and they were together, and they wrote their stuff together, and mm -hmm. rehearsed their stuff together, and they're all pulling at the same string. And they weren't pulling a motley crew and like having piles of cocaine on the mixing board and, no, and groupies all over the place. And none of that. Yeah, because some bands they they'll just indulge in the studio, but I know you're not the type of producer that'll typically. Well, it's a waste go for of time. Yeah, yeah. You're not. Well, with them, good. it was like you know, it, it, no matter what was happening, ten o'clock. Janie goes, oh, it's cutting into our beer time. That was it. Right. 10 o'clock, that was it. Yeah. And then it was strip club. Okay. You know, after that. Yeah. And I was always a designated driver because I don't drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? Fun for you. Yeah, I don't really like strip clubs that much, you know. So, uh, but they had a good time. I mean, yeah. it was a typical, for the time, a yeah. typical rock session right right you know tons of girls everywhere and and it was just like a lot of fun yeah you know that's good i but remember uh, um joey there's a i think i have a picture of joey i have to look it up where he had a football helmet mm -hmm. and he ran into the wall of his apartment where he was staying uh -huh. and then he took a picture and said hole in the wall <laughs> that's one of the songs on that yeah, yeah. right Funny. that's how crazy it was yeah anything goes right yeah but it sounds like when it was time to record they were ready to work always yeah always on time i've never you know um they might have been a little bit hung over yeah. coming in but never to the point where they weren't usable right know? Well, and awesome. we did, we talked to you about Slave to the Grind, which you know similar time and everything that that that, that came out. This album, much like that one, I think you have a band that is like really working at the the peak of their powers musically, you know, mm. songwriting and performance wise. Right. I mean, I get I get the impression you probably didn't have to do a ton of takes to get their stuff down. No, the tape. no, no, no. It was it was fairly easy technically to record it yeah. you know uh, performance wise it was good and uh, um, Janie was an awesome singer awesome yeah. there was not a lot of even punching in or something like that yeah. he just went in there he had his he didn't have to read the lyrics you know he had it all in his head went in there sang him done yeah you know it was, it right was a, a lot of fun to work with those guys yeah, I know you say sometimes it's you get a singer that you got to do a lot of work to sometimes make it sound good. Sometimes you have good. to do a lot of work, you know, but it's all worth it. Yeah, you know, um, if it's a singer or the guitar player playing solos or whatever, mm -hmm. it's all worth it for coming out with a product that people like, you know. Right. But with them, it was very very easy. We yeah. took our time. Yeah, you know, we would we were out there for I think four or five weeks or something like that mm -hmm. and then we went to scream and, and mixed it at scream yeah well it's it's one of those albums where when we do these albums unleash things it's it's basically albums that we agree are great albums from the beginning to the end mm -hmm. absolutely this There's, was an album i bought the day it came out and if i could only choose 10 albums to take with this me would be one of them. this would yeah. definitely be one mm -hmm. of them it's, oh, yeah. a lot of people you know said that was their best album because mm -hmm. it but it didn't didn't really sell as much ah, as the previous ones because right. it had their proverbial hit on it. You right. Know? It, there was no cherry pie on it, Uncle no. Tom's Cabin. You know. Yeah, but I'm thankful that there isn't because yeah. it, it, it's a more cohesive album than those albums. Yeah. Because yeah. those like cherry pie, the rest of that album isn't isn't like that song. That song sticks out like a sore thumb. Well, 
as far as Janie told me, Cherry Pie, the album was already done. Yeah, they were they were going to yeah. call it Uncle Tom's Cabin. And they said, we need, we need another song. And they wrote and recorded that song in one day. Yeah. See, and there, I again, if you do that out of the blues, you can't have anybody else play on it. Right, that's Because true. they would have to learn the song first, and you know? Right. So it's probably played by them. Yeah. Hmm. You know, maybe that is the odd solo or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, that one has C.C. DeVille on the solo. Oh, yeah, that's right. But right. he was probably hanging around the studio probably. that day. Yeah. And they said, well, you're here. Why don't you yeah. play it? Um, and it sounds like a C.C. DeVille solo. It's all over the place. <laughs> but um, but I, I can see that because C.C. was pretty famous at the time. Oh, totally. Right. You know, so to put his uh, name having your, another, yeah, right. another artist on there, yeah. adding to the whole thing, it's not a bad thing, but well, it's sure. not out of incapability of no, no, playing. No. So, right, you know. just to help draw in maybe some Poison yeah. fans well, that would I was like a, it. I was a Poison fan sure. at, at, during that time. I always viewed it as a passing of the torch because mm-hmm. Warren was kind of picking up where they left mm-hmm. off, in my opinion, because Poison changed a lot after that mm-hmm. point. But, um, not, well, to get back to Janie, um, you know, he's not with us anymore. He People know his story about how he went. What was he like as a person during this time? I mean, what, what do you what do you remember about him? Awesome, yeah, a lot of just, fun, very very happy kind of guy. Yeah, you know, uh, to me that whole story that developed afterwards like hit me like a brick. Yeah, because that was not the guy I knew. Yeah, yeah, you know, he was he was always up, always funny, mm-hmm. you know, always great ideas and 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 I, I don't know. Well, you know, depression happens. Yeah. In, in a million different ways, of course, but, yeah. but that was not the guy I knew. Yeah, I think what the stuff that took him down was, it may have been in him at the time, but it hadn't fully developed into what it did. Mm. I mean, they were in the middle of success at the time. I'm sure right. life was yeah. pretty good for them right. at that yeah. time. So you you got to see him when he was still pretty happy, which right. which is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Aaron and I both agree on this. Like, you know, because the hairband era gets such a, a bad rap in general, but this guy in particular did not deserve all the criticism he got. No, he no was way. one of the most talented people, not just in the hairband era, but in rock and roll, period. Yeah, right. I think so. Writing, singing, performing. Yeah. And I don't understand why they got such a bad rap, you know? I, I don't get it's it. It's like because they were selected great or something. And they had was, great music. Just yeah. because the Cherry Pie video, more than anything. I think that video hurt you know, them a lot. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but other people made videos like that. They did, True. but it's just it's one of those things where the mainstream determines what they're going to point and laugh at right. and that happened to be what it was you know right. it's like here's our scapegoat like winger yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah winger right. Same yeah. Thing. yeah yeah for sure love you paul <laughs> but um uh yeah we talked to paul about that when mm-hmm. when we interviewed him and he's like you know it was, a, it was a lot of it was fun and games for everybody watching beavis and butthead not a lot of fun when you're in the band going through that and i'm right. like yeah it's, i can imagine mm-hmm. you know that's a difficult thing to go through it's and people don't think you know we're just music fans you don't think a lot of times about how stuff like that affects these guys as, right. as people Right. You know, artists in general are sensitive people by nature. Yeah, they have to be. Yeah. So to get that level of criticism, that's got to hit hard. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. I'm sorry, I'm hogging all the time. <laughs> I'm sure you've got plenty you want to ask him too. Oh, uh, I was just thinking back to the time, like it was after the album was finished, but before it came out, Janie Lane had done an interview in Metal Edge, and Jerry Miller asked him the difference between working with Bo Hill and you. And he said something to the effect that you guys are both great producers in your own right, in your own different ways, your own different methods. But he felt more on a wavelength with you as mm-hmm. far as, you know, a shared vision and being able to, exactly, there you are to prove it, the picture <laughs> right in the in the sleeve. 
but that he shared more of a vision with you. And with the Bow Hill albums, he always felt like there was something left out. And with you, he felt like he was getting every last drop out of the band mm -hmm. that he possibly could. Absolutely. What do you put that to? Uh, I, I agree. Yeah? I, I don't know their relationship to Bo, and, and I don't know how Bo works. Right. You know, I know him personally, and I think he's a cool guy. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, you have to become a family member. You have to become a band member, and, and you have to, like, be with the band all the way up to the point where it goes to the private stuff. Right. You know? So when there were bands, and I'm not saying they did, but when there were bands, they would do coke, and that was off for me. Right. I would never get into that because then you become too close to them. Right. Yeah. You, know? you still have to have a little bit of authority uh, as a producer sure. to be taken seriously. Yeah. But you have to become a band member in terms of, okay, yeah, I understand your music. I understand where you want to go with that, yeah. you know. And if you have a question, I can answer that question. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that gives them a lot of trust sure. into your work, you know. And, and I think that's what he might be talking about, might have been talking about. Did you have to do a lot of steering with their material? Uh, not with the material. Yeah. We went in for, oh God, what was that What was that rehearsal place in North Hollywood? Uh, I, I, I can't remember. But it was like a rehearsal place where a whole bunch of bands would rehearse, and we had a, a big room in there, and we go in, and they had given me demos, and I had worked a little bit on the demos. But it wasn't, it wasn't that much right. work, you know, because... They're great songwriters. Sure. Janie, at least, yeah. was a great And he wrote most of this yeah. record, yeah. And so, okay, yeah, you, you figure out the drums here and there a little bit or a bass line here and there, but it's not like, oh, dude, you have to write a chorus for this song. That was never the case. Okay. And that was always there. Mm -hmm. And then we rehearsed the stuff there, and um, uh, the drums sounded amazing in that room, yeah. Yeah. in the rehearsal room. And then we went to Alpha Studios, and the studio was dead. Really? Dead. And we put the drums in there and go, dude, what happened to your kid? You know? It's up. Steven, yeah. You know? Yeah. And and he goes, I don't know, man. Same drum kit. <laughs> so we went and bought wooden plates. That's four by eight wooden plates. Uh -huh. uh, and put them all around in the studio. Oh, wow. Because the studio was not reflective at yeah. all. And then it started sounding good again. You oh, know? Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> That's almost like a panic time, panic move, you know. It's like, well, well you this do isn't what, sounding what right. is necessary, yeah. you yeah. know. And and back then the budgets were like, all right, you could do whatever you wanted. Yeah, that's true. Hey, let's go to basically Home Depot, you know, and and <laughs> and buy a truckload full of, of wood. <laughs> yeah, and put it in the studio, and that's what we did. Nice, <laughs> very DIY. Yeah. Well, so do we want to get into uh, track by track? Yeah, let's okay. go going into tracks. So the first song is Machine Gun. Which I think was the first single from the album. Yeah. I think so, yeah. And um, I was reading reviews on this, you know, preparing for this, and just like, let's see what other music fans think. And uh, there's a number of people that think that this song sounds a little bit more like the old Warrant, and that which is what made people turn off from listening to the rest of the album. I think it's got a harder edge than the too. older totally. stuff. Yeah. I think the main riff is is pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great opening track. And the track. whole the whole impression of it you know it's right. like right in your face yes. very in your face so yeah i, I loved it i remember <laughs> the video came out and i was just like holy shit you know yeah. and i had friends that were into like pantera and ministry and all the really really heavy stuff 
And I remember one good buddy of mine was like, holy shit, this, that's Warrant? You know, thinking, oh, they're the, ch- the same band who used to give me shit for like. And right. all of a sudden, you know, he saw that and he's like, wow. And he bought the album and loved it, you know, and yeah. he was a ministry guy. Right. Yeah, th- well, yeah, this was it's one of those powerful where, like, song. The, the, the mainstream music listener was like, oh, that's not what I'm used to out of Warrant, so I'm not going to listen. And then, you see, you, you, you can't win. Yeah, you can't right. win either yeah. way. Yeah. You change, wrong. You do it the same, wrong. Right. Yeah. You're the only band, ACDC, that's been doing the same thing for the last yeah. 400 years, and it's working. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. But they See, with the them, if accepted. they changed, everybody would be like, what? Yeah. No. Oh, still <laughs> waiting for that power balance from ACDC. <laughs> but I think it basically day. is a basically <laughs> ACDC is a problem. concept album. Uh, uh, moving a flag into the direction of the wind of the music that's popular today. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people did that. Yeah. You know, a lot of bands did that and sure. failed on it. Yeah. No. When you could, well, you've been in, I'm sure you've been in situations where bands are doing that and trying to, uh, yeah. yeah. Or do you try to dissuade them from do, going in that direction? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. 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 You're like, I don't Absolutely. know if you want to do mean, that. You, 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 the band exists because there's A, a certain chemistry. So if you lose a member, that'll change, yeah. you know. But don't change your style because that's what people like about you. Right. You know, that's what people love about you. That's why they're buying your record. So yeah. if you change it now, uh, you're trying to appeal to a whole different audience. Yeah. And you might not do that because it's a different time. They might listen to something completely different anyway. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. So I, I always advised everybody to, like, stick with their guns and, you know. Well, there's a lot of stuff on this album that a lot of these songs, I listen to them now, and they don't sound dated. I, they, no. I mean, they, they sound fresh now compared to We're trying to, to do that, yeah. 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 And that's hard to pull off, especially during this period of time. Right. Because, right. And look at the first two albums. That stuff definitely sounds like it's from the 80s. It like, does. that's from my 80s hair band. But this album and these songs, you know, thanks to the production and the songwriting and the style of the album, it sounds it just as fresh to Everybody me was putting today. together, you know. The whole band and I were all pulling together. We kind of knew exactly what we wanted to do. Yeah. You know, and yes, definitely the the maintainer was we want to be heavier. Yeah. We want to make a heavier. We want to be as heavy as we really are. Right. Without being changed to like. That was the thing. Know. They they took it heavier, but they didn't go over the cliff, which right. they easily right. could have. Right. And a lot of bands did at that time, and it made them sound silly. Right. But they they pushed it just enough, in my right. opinion. Because yeah. um, so. Warrant was a band that was always, when you seen them live, they were a lot heavier live than what you got on the albums. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted That's to sound it. how they sounded live. Um, so track two is The Hole in My Wall, which mm-hmm. <laughs> Joey Allen inspired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> inspired to run, put on a football helmet and run. And I had that picture somewhere. I wish I could, I have to find it. That guy always seems like a real character. Oh, Joe is awesome. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. And, and and him and I, we were still in contact once in a while. Yeah. Because he also got into, like, music yeah, gear. He, and he works with like Pearl that. Drums now. Yeah. Yeah, and he was with Hughes and Kenner before. Yeah, and, that's right. And, you know, and we talked last Last name show was it this name show? I don't know. And yeah, we want to do another record together. I was, that but was that's kind of like where we left about. it. And and Joey goes, well, when do you have time? <laughs> and that was a year before. Uh-huh. And I go, well, I'm busy till about April. Yeah. So we we can talk about May. That was last May. Oh, <laughs> wow. And we're still like. And then and then Stephen heard his 
hurt his arm. Oh yeah. I think he had a rotator cuff thing yeah. or something like that. And and he goes, well, look, we want Stephen on the record. Right. We're not going to replace the drummer, mm -hmm. so we have to wait. Oh. And that's that's how the wait came together. And now, I saw it. Blah, 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 yeah, there was an article about Yeah, it. something about that. And they go, oh, yeah. And I go, oh, cool, that's still on. Yeah, they say we're talking about Michael. <laughs> right, but there's no, there's no date set or something. Oh, I so know. hope uh, that they work with you again. Yeah, yeah. that would be, be cool. It'd be an amazing Great. record. And uh, I like, I, I do like the new singer, I have to yeah. say. Yeah, oh, he's well. amazing. Robert Mason? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he fits good. Yeah. Incredible set of pipes on that guy. Yeah. yeah. I always heard the story that back in the day in L.A. when Robert Mason was young, uh, some singer, you didn't say who, was giving him shit, saying, you're a nobody, you're never going to be nothing. And Janie Lane came over and got in between them and started talking to him like he was a big deal and made this other guy look like a jerk. So right. I always thought that was kind of oh, cool, cool that Janie Lane was good to this guy when he was young, and now you know he's the lead singer of Warren and kind of right. comes full, full circle, circle that way. Yeah. Instead of just getting some guy from some other band in the era... Right. Somebody that kind of actually got the torch passed to him in, right. in a way like that. And we, Robert and I, we talked when when he was out here, you know, and and but all very peripheral, so to speak. Yeah, let's do it, but yeah. not okay. On the fifteenth, we're gonna stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you'll take it seriously when dates start getting tossed around. You know, until then, it's just this would be fun. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, I got the play, I got the studio. So are they going to come out here? That would be I, awesome. Am I going somewhere else? Or you know, all that is still up in the air. Oh. But yes, I would love to do another record with it. Yeah, I would love to see you do it. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Let us know. We'd be front row to watch it if you would let us come up. <laughs> um, on Hole in My Wall, one of our listeners uh, wanted to know what the hell is being said right before the guitar solo. Can I can I guess? Can you I guess? I think I know. Do you know what he's talking about? The, no. Right before the solo kicks in, you get that ear kind of sound. It always reminded me of the sound you make when you... When you smoke a joint. When you smoke a joint that, that was and it. hand me, it to let somebody. Me just, let me just hear that. I have to, I, you know. Yeah. It's only been, what, 25 years? Yeah, 25 years. <laughs> right, yeah, pretty close. Yeah, it'll be 25 years in next year, which next month, really. Everybody would call everybody dude. Yeah. 
from that session. Just guitar? Well, that's that kick in there from that session. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what you hear right there. Take a picture of it. Yeah. And up here, there was another singer set north. JC Penny knockoff of the Steinberg. Exactly. But see, that was the kind of humor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's very cool, man. There's all kinds of little studio magic going on yeah. through this whole album, too. A lot of effects and things. Yeah. And it's perfect for it. You know, everything that you that was added to this music is just right on the money. Yeah. You know, even down to the little passing of the joint. You know, <laughs> the, just the placement of it is perfect. What, uh, what amps were they using to get that tone? Oh, we had a whole bunch. We had uh, Marshalls, mostly. Uh-huh. We had a whole bunch rented yeah. uh, down in Florida. Marshalls, I think there was a whole row of like six or seven ones that we just tried out. Oh, okay. You know, whatever would work, we would use. You know? Yeah. That's a great song. Yeah, it is. I love everything about that. <laughs> This song too, this next That's one. That's gonna go on the recording, right? Yeah, you wanna stop that? Yeah. Pause it. Let me see. We'll pause it. You know, I have some other stuff about oh. other songs, but um, <laughs> was there any unreleased songs on this that they didn't? It they could were... be. Well, it's just that Japanese bonus track that sounds like an old Elvis can song. Can you hit stop on that one? Yeah. There you go. Was the bonus track? Uh, what was it called? Lincoln's Mercury's and Ford's. Sound like a old Elvis song? No. Was it on here? It was on here, but it was on the Japanese bonus. Hmm. You'd have to look it up online. That's where I heard it. It was on YouTube, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't remember. No. <laughs> well, it may have even been something done separately from you. Yeah, they just threw, yeah, on, they there. Just threw yeah, on there. Yeah, it's, it's weird, man. It's like... I don't even it, think I've heard no, that. No, you got to check it out. It's, it sounds like an old like Elvis-style song. Huh. With them all singing on it, like it was just a goofy, fun thing. Oh wait, was it what, no drums? No, no drums on. Oh it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember. I didn't know it was called that. Yeah. But that was all we did. That and all everybody was sitting around. Yeah. Right. And 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 clapping and and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I remember. Really, very short one. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know it was called that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was dumb. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I always wonder about that. I heard it. I saw there was a bonus track. So I didn't have the Japanese version, so I looked it up online. It's like, right. man, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Did um, well, you know, Janie wrote the majority of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, was he? I mean, was the band 
receptive to him kind of being the leader of, of the music? I guess they were, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I never, that's one of my big points. When I work with a band, I never ask who wrote the song. I don't want to know. Okay. You know, to me, okay. it's just a song right. that I work with, and, and I don't want to get biased towards sure. or against something, you know. Yeah. And and if the band goes, here's the songs. And they gave me, I think, about 20 songs mm-hmm. when, before we started, and yeah. then we picked, we picked those. Yeah. And uh, um, I don't want to know who wrote it, you it's know. It's better if you don't. Yeah. I, it just doesn't doesn't matter to me. Right. right at that point, you're just taking what you got and doing the best right. with it, and those details really can't matter too much, I guess. No, I guess let the band handle their politics yeah. outside of totally, the studio. Totally, totally. Yeah. That's not that's not my thing. Right. You know? You're like I'm here just to get a good take out of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Man, um, that, that hole in my wall song, you know, talk about making warrant a little heavier than they were. That song is freaking awesome. I love the it is. the heaviness of it. It's almost like a like a backwardsy effect on his lead yeah. vocal. Yeah. On yeah, there is. Yeah. There is. What did we do there? We we ran the vocal uh, backwards through a reverb. So that reverb comes before the actual vocals. Ah, it's yeah. Hot. It's like that. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's sucking. I think that's Which is probably where that ear comes yeah. from. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> I, I I bet you that was Jane's idea. You uh, think so? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. With her, with her. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Now, who was who was mostly like? Because you know, a lot of bands will be like one or two members in particular will want to be in with the producer on the board. Who who was the one for the, for this one? For the mix? Yeah. Like, was there certain members that were more involved than no, others? No, it was like they pretty much left me alone. Oh, really? And then, yeah. and then came in at the end of the day, and then you know. Came in and listened and 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 gave their comments. We changed stuff around a little bit, uh, and then and that was it. No, oh, okay. You know, but in 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 general, it was just like, oh, it's fine, you know, yeah. Yeah. because we had such a clear line in our heads where it should go, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 st- I did that stuff day and night, so yeah. to right. me it was just, you know, absolutely normal. Right, I got you. Very cool. So we go to April twenty thirty one. This is a. One of the greatest songs of all time. It's a, it's such a, it's a very different song, like especially for right. that era. You know, it's an apocalyptic you play song. It for a second, so yeah, we were getting ready to get into it. We we've played it on the show before. Aaron picked it. We did a song show called Songs for the Apocalypse, yeah. and he picked this song. Well, this is one of them songs where you listen to it and it puts a movie in your head. It really you does. You know, it's right. so descriptive and yeah. it's amazing. Wind and hear the wind, from. yeah, that's awesome. Was that like a sound effects CD yeah. or something? Yeah. I, I, I think so. I notice that the intro, when you play, it actually starts on the four or something. Yeah. It doesn't start on the one, so the riff sounds backwards. Yeah. Up to yeah. here, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard that before. It's a great song. Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, I love that. 
sounds forward. Right. You know, doesn't sound backwards anymore. Those are all the little things that that you don't actually realize. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot going on in that. Yeah, song. man. There's yeah. like a million different <laughs> layers to that. Yeah. 
Well, and I just love the subject matter of it. It's such a cool idea to, yeah. to write a song like that now, and that, that makes me, makes us all feel old that we're only a few years away from April twenty thirty one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know? No kidding. <laughs> we're not far off from. I hope it ain't like that. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where he got the inspiration to write that song. I mean, if he just was thinking, well, let's write a song about the end of the world. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from a future perspective, looking back, I mean, what a twist. Yeah, it is. You know, like kind that, of that, that could be an influence. Possibly that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or Terminator. Or whatever it was yeah. the, the Mad Max movies and yeah. all that stuff sure yeah that's such a cool he played that for on the, on the show and we had a lot of people write in saying how much they love this album and yeah. that was probably when the talk started from listeners wanting us to do a thing on this record mm-hmm. and like we've had you on twice now and everyone loved those those appearances, but every time it was like, you guys have to talk about Dog Eat Dog. So, <laughs> well, it's a beautiful thing. There's a few more records to talk about. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. About was, 200 more. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, that's the beautiful thing, is everyone says, oh, you should do one on this album, you should do one on that album. What, what a great great coincidence, Michael Wagner did them all. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every, every suggestion is all Michael Wagner's albums. I know, most of the ones albums, we do are on He's right list. up the road. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go to uh, track four, which is Andy Warhol was right. Right. Wow, this song, the way it starts out, it's so beautiful, but it's so scary at the same time. It's mm-hmm. like, how can it be so pretty and so dark, you know, simultaneously? You know, it's the songwriting, and that's amazing. And they, uh, some listeners wanted to know who plays the toy piano part, and also who's the little boy that sings the intro. Let's hear it. All right. <laughs> Next one up, there yeah. Says. Yeah, Brendan McClure. Yeah, he was a friend. The parents were a friend of James, I think. Oh, okay. And they came in and brought the little guy and said, Read this into yeah. the microphone. Yeah. And again, it was like. <laughs> that, was, that was a day. That was a whole day. Wow. Wow. Like a kid's stone, you know? Right. They don't follow directions. They, they do follow directions, but they don't have the feel to what. What they're looking for. You can sort of do a little bit more feeling. They don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> He's five years old or four years old. And, oh, right. So, like in 2031, when you got all the kids out there, is Janie out there trying to coach oh, yeah, them how to sing it? Yeah. yeah. yeah wow. I think there was at least 10 or 15 kids. I mean, that in a couple of times. And that's the hard part. Yeah. It's another beautiful vocal. Yeah. Such a good singer. It's such a scary subject matter. It is, yeah. It's some dark stuff on this album. And didn't we do real strings on the boy and his toy gun? It sounds like Does it say anything about strings? Orchestra on Andy Warhol. Arranged and conducted by Paul Buckmaster. Paul, Paul Buckmaster, yeah, he did all the stuff for Elton John in Australia. Oh, really? All the cello stuff. I did. I wrote the call on Ozzy as well. Oh, really? He's a total rockhead. Yeah. A total rockhead, loving hair. Awesome guy. Really good with the orchestra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ozzy doubled Zach solo on the strings. Oh yeah! Oh, wow! Really, really, oh, wow! Awesome. That's why. Yeah. 
actually Joey doing the solo way? Yeah. Yeah. Eric with more rhythm. I think he played at least a few. Yeah. Orchestral manager Susie Katayama. Oh yeah, that was a that was a Capra record. Yeah. yeah. Mama. <coughs> yeah, I mean, such a pretty song. It gives me chills. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, it, it does. I haven't heard that in forever, at least in 15 years. So it's nice to yeah, hear yeah. it again for yeah. for first like time in a while. And all this whole movie starts going right. Off, you know? yeah, well, and that's like he said earlier. Like, a lot of the stuff on this album is real cinematic. Yeah. You, know, yeah. Like you can visualize yeah. what they're doing and. I mean, and, it, and like I said, it also sounds fresh. That does not sound like 1991. That no. could have come out in any decade. Yeah, yeah it could come out sure. today and still sound new, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's just, in songs like that, it's just like, you know, it kills me that these guys get stuck with the whole Cherry Pie label, and it's like, yeah. look what you're missing out on if you're not listening to this stuff. It's an stuff. injustice, right. for sure. The fact that none and of the people And then music heard changed this. that same day. Yeah. You know? right. Like I said, when that record came out, <laughs> rock moved to Canada, you know. <laughs> And we had we had grunge over here, you know. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, and it all came together. And but I guess I mean it's uh it's one of those I guess better late than never things for appreciation. I mean, I'm yeah. we can at least bring some. Well, this is timeless. To it. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. It's, it's, they could re-release that record and and probably be successful with it. Yeah, it's just it's some amazing music on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get into a good straight ahead rocker, which yeah. is Bonfire Track Five, just uh. Uh, this is this is I mean this is just a good straight ahead rock song and they weren't trying to there's no no frills no and it's just a heavier warrant mm-hmm. but a great song nonetheless and it fits well between Andy Warhol and Bitter Pill which right. comes after it yeah it sure is a, a little break in between like that you know big difference in between the lining of those songs but to me that song was always like the closest thing to Cherry Pie is you're gonna get on this album it almost seemed like the kind of yeah, kind of like lyrically, especially you yeah. know, it's about a, a, a hot chick. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. so it it was almost it always seemed like they almost had to have that one song on there that it was at least kind of like Cherry Pie. Well, you know, don't forget they wrote all that stuff before, yeah. so that's kind still there, right? Right around with you it, know? yeah. Maybe they just they, they didn't go okay. Now we're going to be completely different. No, yeah. we're just going to make it heavier. Yeah, you know. So the songs that they had. You know, if, if maybe somebody else would have done it, it would have been more like Cherry Pie. Right. You know, yeah. but the, our combination made it made it heavier. Yeah. You know? I like Absolutely. it. I like it a sure lot. I'm sure if we do a record now, it's <laughs> going to completely kick ass. Yeah. You know? I'm sure. It'd be I'd fun to hear, hear what you guys come up with. <laughs> um, so then we got a track six, which is The Bitter Pill. Uh, this is probably my favorite Warrant song. Uh, one of it's my favorite amazing. songs of the 90s. Yeah. Um, 
because it's just got so many different levels to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's 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 dark, it's light, it's got just so many different pieces to it. And I mean, it's been a while since you've heard that one. Yeah. Yeah. Can we play that one? Yeah. Because I'd like to hear the translation, the middle part. Oh yeah, that's me. That's me. Six. That's me, the opera part. That's what I figured, yeah. yeah you got who's the mad German? It's gotta yeah. be Michael Wagner. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes I'm lost. And I love the back and forth. That's awesome in headphones. It's great in headphones. Instead of love, never quite appreciate much the other person cares or tries. Hold me close, never let me go. Cause I'm confused, but maybe someday I will Yeah, really? 
pack rats. That's just an incredible song. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Again, so many layers to it. The way the guitar is like in the background, but it's, you know, just in the perfect parts. And then it all of a sudden it slides up and it's right in your face. And then it dips yep. back down again. It's it's beautiful, man. I mean, all this stuff. Well, that part here, I sang as good as I could. <laughs> uh, sang that middle part. And then and Janie learned it. And huh. everybody learned it. Yeah. And then they sang on top. Yeah. You know, so underneath... And especially on the last word on Zion, that's me. Uh-huh. And then, but they are on top, so they got the right groove and the right pronunciation yeah. and all that. Uh-huh. You know, but they're all singing in German. So, can you read it to us in German and then tell us what it is in English? Yeah, sure. Uh, and then uh, the mad German, that's actually on top of that. Uh huh. That's mm-hmm. me talking on top of that. Oh, okay. You know, so, it says, uh, Love can be a bitter pill, a bitter pill. Love is a bitter pill. A bitter pill, and love can be a bitter pill. So that's basically that middle part. Uh-huh. And then here, this is totally crazy. Uh, I want a beer. I want to be drunk. The whole world is dumb. I've had enough. I tell you, love can only be a lie. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. That. <laughs> I think that was Jenny and I. We came up with that part. Oh, and, and this was just coming out of the song. Wow. Yeah. You know, that, that was created out of the song. Right. And it went into that rhythmic part there. That's incredible. That's so funny. That's such a cool song. Well, way... So many people have heard it, and that it's a part about being drunk and <laughs> drinking beer, and nobody yeah. knows. <laughs> yeah, you're draining, you're draining your, your anger or your sorrow, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so you did. Yeah. There's a tear in my beer. Mm-hmm. But that's so. That the way that comes off production wise though is very queen like. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, I mean, oh, yeah, that's totally meant to be like that. That's be- it's awesome. I mean, was yep. it was it his uh, Janie's idea to have that part? I think we all came up with it. Yeah, you know, yeah. to like how we do that part, and they and Janie insisted that I do this part. Uh-huh. You know, and but I don't sound that good by myself. <laughs> so, and then we go, hey, maybe everybody should sing on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? That's out, really outside the box, you know. Yeah. And the guitar cool. solo on that song, holy shit, mm-hmm. man. It's just, it's perfect. It just, it, it, I, don't, I can't name too many songs that the guitar solos just fit mm-hmm. perfectly into mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. way that one does. And, you know, like it says at the end of the album where Janie, Janie Lane basically dedicates this entire album to letting Joey. people know that Joey Allen kicks a lot of ass, yep. you know. And, and he does. And, yeah. man, so many examples of it on this album. Yeah. Truly an underrated player. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all in particular. It's not like, wow. it's not like uh, hey, do this, and then, and then he goes and practices. Or, no, he just <laughs> plays. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. Of course, he's prepared. He comes in. They all came in totally prepared. Yeah. You know, and, and sit down and go, you, that's the idea I have for it. I go, that's cool. Let's maybe change that a little bit, change that a little bit. And there was. Yeah. And you know, that was just like execution of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They, they brought their A game for sure. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. They brought it to the and right we guy. We did have a good time. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you know, can tell. being down there in Tampa, we did have a good time. And that all, you can hear that. Yeah. You know? You know? So we go to track seven, which is Hollywood. I got to ask, were they fans of Jane's Addiction? 
I don't know. Because this song comes off sounding so much like the song Jane Says by Jane's Addiction. I, I have no idea. Can I play a little Honestly, bit? Yeah, I well, you know the song bit. Jane Says, right? By Jane's Addiction. No. Jane Says. Maybe. That is not it. <laughs> It's just meant to be like a fun, fun, yeah. uh, taking the piss out of stuff, so. <laughs> it sounds like a California song. Yeah. It's just very reminiscent of the James Addiction thing. I didn't know if the, one of the guys in the band was listening to them, but it's like, let's do our version of this. Maybe they did. Yeah, I know. They probably listened to more music than I did. I <laughs> but it's, uh, but this and this song is very different from anything else on the album. Like yeah, it, right? for it's, sure. It's more of just a happy-go-lucky. It's type fun, too. right? Yeah, it's a fun song yeah. for sure. Yeah, and it does kind of remind me of that Jane's Addiction tune a little bit. Now that you mention it, but I don't know. Not a few listeners. I don't think Michael it was if they were trying to cop Jane's Addiction on this one. I, I think it was officially based on that. Yeah, or it would just turn out similar to it. Right. I definitely didn't know it. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and and I don't know if they were like. You know, God knows where they got the influences. Right. You know, might have been. Yeah, they may have gone to a show yeah. and heard it or something. Mm -hmm. But well, maybe just coincidence. Was that? But that was out at the time, right? That yeah. Jane's, oh. yeah. Yeah. Jane says was a hit. Yeah. I think it was a hit around that time. But I mean, uh, Jane's addiction. Yeah, I think when we did uh, um, Saigon Kick, they mm -hmm. were talking about that, and they liked that band a lot. Yeah. And yeah. you can hear that on the record. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, they were pretty influential over a lot of bands at that yeah. time. Yeah. Although I'll take Warrant's version because I like the vocals better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll take uh, Jane's yeah, vocals over Barry's. You know, I did, Hollywood, I do like the song, but if I had to pick like my least favorite song on the album, I guess that would be it. Mm -hmm. But it's not a bad song. I like mm -hmm. it. It's it's a good sunshine smiling, you know. Yeah, it's not a bad song. It's at a all. it's a good yeah. song to be playing if you were like cruising down Ventura Boulevard on a sunny day or something. And also keep in mind that okay, you have stuff that you like, you mm -hmm. have stuff that you like, sure, I sure. have stuff. Everybody likes something different. Yeah. And and there's there's guaranteed people say, Oh, that's my favorite song on the record. Oh, I'm absolutely. sure there is. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, let's move to track eight, and this is one of my favorite songs. The album is "All My Bridges Are Burning." Um, it's a, it sounds like a straight-ahead rock song, but when I when I look pay attention to the lyrics of this song, this is one where I wonder if addiction is being written about on this one because it sounds you know, "All My Bridges Are Burning," to... "Watch Me Go Down in Flames," and I can't yeah. even remember Let my me name. See what they... Or it seems like it's a maybe about somebody. You can play a little bit of that one. Thank you. 
it's got to be like an addiction kind of thing. I have a feeling it's something about a person that he knew. That's what I was yeah. saying. You know? Yeah. Maybe yeah, it seems like it could have been anybody yeah. at that time on the Sunset the Strip. All, you know? yeah. yeah. That's really hard. Yeah, that's one where I, when I was reading reviews, you know, of course, everybody can read into this stuff. 20 years down the road mm-hmm. but it, when you read the lyrics to it it's like well, I wonder if that, any of that I is mean, autobiographical says it in yeah. there, you know yeah. but uh, I wonder if Jimmy is actually Janie yeah I thought about that but uh, I don't think at the time he was in that state yeah he wasn't you know? like completely out of control beer and right. then, you know they did get drunk and because didn't know. he just have a kid around this time like not too not long sure. before this but I don't think they were as far as I, I see, I don't take this stuff. So right. they keep me out of it. They right. don't sure. even tell me because I feel bad. Yeah. You know? So I never get get that right. if, if people do. But based on what I know, them being always on time in the studio, being maybe a little hungover from drinking, but yeah. not like you know. Yeah, but they weren't like a, a mess, you know. Like no, they it were, was not totally not yeah. the case. And 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 so. Um, I don't think there was any of that going on. But it very but, well could have been about someone he knew or a girlfriend. Yeah, or I would think so. Because I mean, because he was, was exposed to it. Yeah, quite and a that bit. stuff was yeah. rampant sure. Hollywood back yeah. in those days. You know, it was. You know, everybody was hanging out the on the ex- Sunset Strip, making friends at night, not right. sleeping for days. Yeah. All that stuff was going yeah. on all the time. That's that was life yeah. at the time. Yeah, but that was that was your normal back in those right. days. So yeah, I mean, those were your coworkers. <laughs> Oh yeah, but that song there it always reminded me of something like it. It was a good representation of an earlier version of the band. Like that album, that song could have fit on their first album really good. I think just because the the tempo of it and the way it's written, it's it's a classic Warrant song. Yeah, Yeah. and and it's uh, that album is still Warrant. You know, it doesn't mean like okay, now we're doing something completely different. No, doesn't mean they're a different band. We just make it sound different and appear different, but. The core is still warned. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I love about it is you you get what you had before, but you, but then they try some other things more. too at the same right. time. So it's not so much different; it's just more. It's really a band evolving. Mm. You know, totally. it, it doesn't like you said. There's there were issues. There were instances at that time where bands were like plotting to become Alice in Chains when they should be right. a, what right. they are. Right. This wasn't that a case of that. This was a case of them. This is where their songwriting it seems took them. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. Sure, it wasn't. We have to cash in on grunge right. now. I mean, while this is being well, created, grunge wasn't, grunge wasn't there, there yet. yet. Yeah. yeah, you know, it came out. It came out right, right at the same that time. Was yeah. Out. yeah, yeah, no. yeah. I guess Nirvana took off basically right as this was being released. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. they probably didn't even see it coming. Really, I mean, no. No, that a lot was of not people, a concern at the time. It was just like, yeah. let's, a record that we all liked, that we, you know, if we would play all these songs live, that's kind of what it would sound like. Right. And then we put a little production around it, you know, yeah. to, to give some sugar and... Right. And I know a lot of people would consider this to be the last of the great 80s hairband quotations, you know, rock albums. Like, this was the last of that era. It did seem mm-hmm. like a bit of a of a bookend for yeah. for that era of right. music. You know, this was what well, was on its way out. Well, didn't we do Slave to the Grind after that? Actually, yeah, Slave to the Grind came, after out, that? It came out a okay. year later, I think. Oh, yeah, there you go. Around the same year. Yeah, yeah, you because you made them almost back-to-back, didn't you? I think so, yeah. I think Sebastian liked what you did on this album and, and Actually, wanted you to... Actually, Sebastian never liked me working with Warren. 
Oh, okay. For some reason, you <laughs> yeah. know. And, and uh, uh, then he goes, well, he did Ozzy as well. He did Extreme, and, and you know, and, and that makes up for it. So, oh, <laughs> like that. Yeah, so it went like <laughs> that. And, oh, you know, did Slave. Crazy guy. Nice. Well, Sebastian, the... Uh, the ever-present 13-year-old rocker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so bridges are burning. That's a great. And then number nine is is a is a killer song, Quicksand. Yeah. Um, the vocal on this song is pretty outstanding. Yeah. I wish I could say that about most of the songs, but uh, this one also has some little bit of heavier subject matter on the. Uh, this was another one some people like to theorize possibly is basically about addiction, but I don't know if it is for sure or not. But I mean, they were, they were separating themselves from the pack because they weren't just writing about partying and stuff like a lot of these bands did back right. in those days. They were Janie was definitely stretching to to write stuff that broke outside of what those parameters were. I think this is more about a relationship song. Yeah, yeah, that's you know? what I always got out of it. Yeah, I don't know what was going on at the time with him, but I was. I think it's more of a relationship song yeah. about something that he might have lost or, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And this is another song, too, that's got a lot of layers to it, a lot of, if you, you can really listen deep to it. Maybe it's just coming to me now so much because we're listening to it in the studio here with you. It sounds a lot better than in my truck. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, he's going to have to upgrade his equipment yeah. a lot. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Otherwise, I spend a lot of money for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or he's got one hell of a system in his truck. You're right. Yeah, hey, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you want to hear a little bit of that one? Sure, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, number nine. I think we're having as much fun watching you listen to this because you were a part of it. We did this with Toby Wright with uh, the Kiss album he did, and he just had a blast listening to it. He's like, I I haven't listened to this since I worked on it. That's awesome. That's definitely great rocking tune. Yeah, yeah. But he's talking about something uh, more likely where where she wants to stick with him, but mm. he doesn't understand her and wants yeah. to let her go. You she's know? dragging him down. Or she's she's fading out of his life. And yeah, basically a breakup song sounds like. Or, yeah. Or we're about to break up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's a lot of intricate drum stuff going on on a lot of these songs too mm-hmm. you know and, and Stephen Sweet's a great drummer oh, yeah. and Janie Lane was known for being a drummer too how much input does Janie Lane have on the drumming on this album does he play um, any I think right? they talked about stuff yeah. you know doing pre-production 
like we always do, right. and everybody gets involved. Yeah. But uh, um, it was all played by Stephen. Yeah, you know? it's fantastic. He deserves all around it. Plays, yeah. has a weird way of playing. Because mm -hmm. normally you play the hi-hat with your right hand yeah. and the snare with your left. He doesn't do that. And then he would play the hi-hat with his left hand and the snare with his right. Ah. You know, it, that, that gives you a whole special feel to the drumming. Right. Yeah. You know, even though if you just listen, it'll a lot of... Uh, appeal like that, you know? right? But yeah, he plays it like that, and it's it's a real hard way of playing. Yeah, you know, when, uh. especially when you watch him, I go, dude, that's all wrong. <laughs> you know? Not go, doing oh, it right. He's, he's, doing, he's doing doing that really good. Yeah, it tells you he's a self-taught drummer. Yeah, yeah, probably didn't yeah. take lessons or anything. Yeah. yeah, but a unique one. But yeah, man. he deserves yeah. to play like and, that. And yeah. and. Uh, you know, and Jerry's bass playing on it yeah. is, yeah. is really good oh, yeah. and solid. Always good. Yeah. Oh, man, there's such groove to a lot of these songs on here, and it's all thanks to Jerry's bass playing and the, yeah. and and the, the production drumming. of it and the heaviness and the drumming, yeah. and it's it's all cohesive. Such great stuff. Yeah, I mean, we, we should give credit to the to the other guys in the back. Janie seems to be always the topic of discussion with this stuff. Oh, no, yeah. they're yeah. all... They're, but they were all... It's the band. They were all you know? great players, especially yeah. on this record. You yeah, know? it's the band. Yeah, they yeah. all delivered the goods on this, that's for sure. Okay, so after Quicksand is Let It Rain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, this song, um, huge ballad. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm particularly fond of ballads, so I, I love this song. I, I think I played this on like a ballad show that we did. Yeah. Um, and Janie Lane could write, he could, I think he could write 10 good ballads in his sleep in one night the way the guy wrote. Um, but it's just, a, it's a beautiful song. And as we said before, it was a, this type of stuff was on its way out, which bummed me out because you know there weren't any uh, grunge bands doing ballads that were any right. good. Or right. If, if they were, they weren't good ones. Well, the whole feel thing. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Out the window a yeah. Bit, you have to you have know? solid performances to pull off a power ballad. That you know? and then also the, the yeah, that's feeling. Yeah. You know, put out by somebody and then yeah, and uh, I think that left us a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it went from that to bands that had no feelings, didn't <laughs> care about anything, you know? And it's, you got to have emotion in you to be able to let it out. And if you don't care about nothing, you can never produce something like this. And I, and I remember we used to lay like, lay together like spoons. Yeah. I didn't know that expression. <laughs> How are you talking about? <laughs> the first time I heard it, I was like, what is like, that? What? And I'm a girl, I was like, right. yeah, so yeah, yeah, spooning. So, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It but sounds a lot more, yeah. Yeah. It sounds yeah, a lot deeper, more years. metaphorical when you say it the way like Janie, Janie Lane says it. Janie, right. we're not writing songs about silverware. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come up yeah, with something else. Rattle? <laughs> That's funny. Oh man! But now he, uh, yeah, he could write some of the best ballads, man. And uh, there's one that he did on an album later down the road called "Stronger Now." Yeah, that might be the best song he ever wrote. And I, and I, to the, I still will say that song. You could give it to like a female pop star, and it would be a number one hit. Right, sure. He, let it rain too. And let it rain yeah. is one of those too. Like somebody could release that today as a pop song mm -hmm. with just a big orchestra behind it, and it mm -hmm. would be a massive hit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just the guy would write stuff that could last through decades you know yep so uh and then track 12 that closes it out is sad teresa oh we skipped inside out no did we skip well we did skip inside they out. don't have the lyrics track 11 is inside, inside out. out we don't have the lyrics in the let's hear that real quick and see. Right. love this song this heavy one. Oh yeah inside out 
but for whatever reason, it must have just ran out of room or something. the headbanger on the album for sure. Into the German stuff. Yeah, that's drinking thing. Is yeah. that yeah? Yeah, Nice. So, are you a proud, upstanding member of the Moron Fish and Tackle Choir? The what? The Moron Fish and Tackle Choir. What is that? That's in here. Oh yeah, 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 the vocals. That's right, the, right, right. The gang that's, vocal. Yeah. Yeah, the gang vocals. We always yeah. always had to go in there, and then the guy would. You know, the uh, the studio owner was actually record and Jim, <laughs> Jim Morris. Uh -huh. Yeah. And everybody had a special, special name. And, yeah. You know, I think Jim Morris was area man. Uh -huh. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> oh, keyboard Scott Humphrey, right. So there was keyboards on there. Yeah. Scott, I, we also did uh, uh, some stuff that sounded like a keyboard was... Um, Guitar synth, the VGA. Yeah. yeah. Guitar synth. You're right. Scott Humphrey, didn't he want to play with Dio? I think he did. Scott Humphrey yeah. produced uh, Motley Oh, no, he Cruz. did Motley Crue. Yeah, he was yeah. Motley Crue's producer for Yeah, I met him Swan. in, in uh, uh. Toronto when, uh, in 1984, when an early, early record I did up there. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, yeah, he moved here. Yeah, those are all the kids. Yeah. Paul Buckmaster, he was the guy. And Susie, yeah. And yeah, we had a guitar tech with us, a drum tech with us. I'd have loved to have been a fly on the wall watching Janie Lane up there trying to direct kids <laughs> on how to sing it. It's very, very hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I wonder, gotta wonder who was in charge of sequencing to have it go from Let It Rain into Inside Out. Well, I think what we did is we we did the usual thing, you know, wrote it all on little strips of paper yeah. and then moved yeah. around and wrote down, okay, this song is an A, this song is in D or whatever, uh-huh. and then this song has a fade out, which in this case, I don't think there's a fade out on there. No. No. And, and uh, you know, that's the tempo of the song, this is mm-hmm. how long it is, and that's all factors on how you put it together, mm-hmm. you know, and then you put it together and you, you take the songs and put them in that order, and then you listen to the end of the song and the beginning of the next. Oh, right. How does that flow? And you know, that was when albums were still important. Right. Now, to listen to like it as a whole. Put your best song forward. Yep. Yeah. You know, first song's got to be your best song on iTunes because it's the first one they listen to. Yeah. If they don't like that one, they're not going to listen to right. anything else. So you got to grab it. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So the sequencing was very important at the time. Right. Yeah. And I would say the sequencing on this album is flawless. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect the way it flows through the whole thing as one whole art form, one whole right. masterpiece. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, A&R always tries to get involved, you know. Yeah. And we're here in, in, in practicing, and, and also the drum recorder here in L.A., uh, the drum recording was happening there. And then and our guys would come in, oh, I think that ending is too long, it should be changed, and blah, blah, blah. And I go, sure. People that have yeah. no idea and what they came about. out to Florida uh, to, and I never forget that, I had a, I had a big camera uh-huh. sitting in there, yeah. and a microphone in here. You know, and then you see the A and R guys trying to tap tap along and never hit the one oh, ever. Wow! <laughs> and then I go, so do you like that song better with a different ending? Oh yeah, much better. It was exactly the same. Right? Yeah. You didn't change a thing. They're all people that just want to hear themselves yeah. talk. I gotta imagine a band like Warren at this time and place in their career—they're just coming off the huge success of Cherry Pie. Is A and R? Are they really trying to push certain things see, in a certain A&R direction that for a band? They did cherry pie right sure that, that yeah. was their fault that wasn't the band that right. was their fault we did know? that we made you create yeah, cherry right. pie we made it the album yeah. title and the single wow. and A&R asked me to re-record all the vocals on the first skit row album right you know crazy <laughs> we're doing all the vocals over i go no we're not <laughs> so, you're doing them not me <laughs> no nobody does they stay yeah so you after know? taking so much credit for cherry pie are they pushy are they really trying to get the band to do certain things well you know they giving you the money yeah that wasn't a cheap record i I'm think sure it was it a half a million dollars yeah you know we're still recouping on that one I wow! I, one day that is going to be your coop. I'm going to go on vacation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know so um uh, but they're giving you the money, so that's that's their power, yeah. right? You know, they and that's, that's the one thing I like so much better nowadays, where there's no such thing. Right. The band is either putting up their own money or they're sponsored by a beer company or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, and they make their own decisions, or we make our own decisions. We don't have to answer to anybody. Yeah. Nobody and, in the suits coming that in. That makes for for better records. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, because back then you had entire teams of people that were right. wanting to stick their finger in the pot and tell and, you what to do yeah. with it. And the 17-year-old a guy that had just done one <laughs> one record before all of a sudden knew he knows everything. how everything works. Right. You know? So did you get any blowback on this for not being as poppy as Cherry Pie was? No, I no. think the opposite. Yeah. Everybody that I talked to said that's their favorite Warren record. Yes. You know, and they liked the direction that they took there. Yeah. You know? 
Good. That's good. Okay, so we, one more song. We got Sad Teresa that closes oh, yeah. the album. Yeah. What a wild, unique song this is. We'll play a little bit of that one. So we can. There we go. Sad Teresa. It's not like I didn't understand the lyrics. Mm -hmm. It's more like there's a bunch of phrases in there that were foreign to me. As sure. a German, you know, uh, like the spooning. Yeah. Right. You know, it was just foreign to me. It was just like... Yeah, it's almost like slang. Yeah. Yeah. They refer to something. Like if you uh, uh, refer to like a TV show, you know, from the 70s or something. Yeah. 
Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. <laughs> Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. <laughs> Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.